In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may the grace and peace of God our Father, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We enter into this celebration today in our response to the resurrection as the apostles had, leading us from doubt to deep faith. reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Bring your hand and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. I was hard-pressed and was falling, but the Lord helped me. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and he has been my Savior. When we were young, we used to wish that certain days would pass by quickly. Final exam day, going to the dentist day, I broke the mirror and I'm waiting for dad to get home day. These were balanced by other days we wish would last forever, or at least until we were worn out. Birthdays, opening day for the Indians, the first day of summer, Christmas. 
you would think that having actually invented the modern calendar, the church would be more helpful in this regard, but it wasn't. We still had to go back to school. The cake and the candles eventually ran out. That passing nature of celebrations is true of every celebration, in fact, except one, Easter. This day, the heart of our faith, the original feast of the church, the central event in human history, gets not one day, but an entire week. This is meant to be a seven-day celebration, a reflection on the events of Easter Day. And if you have followed the gospel through the week and the Acts of the Apostles, Jesus certainly was busy. Today we come to the culmination of that week to find the risen Lord bursting in on the apostles gathered in the upper room. And here is the Cliff Notes version of the gospel. What brought them there was fear. What got them out was faith. The Jesus of Easter has been called the Christ of the second chance. And certainly we discover why in this exchange between Jesus and Thomas in the gospel. In a sense, Thomas stands in for all of us. None of us is a stranger to doubt. And the way that Jesus responds to Thomas is meant to reassure us all of a hope that only God can bring. Thomas is often called the doubting Thomas because of his reaction in today's gospel. He struggled to accept the reality of the resurrection. And who wouldn't? It was beyond imagining, beyond his capacity for belief. Thomas, in fact, was a mixture between skepticism and belief. Long before the crucifixion, when Jesus wanted to go and face a hostile crowd in Bethany, Thomas was the one who said to the other apostles, let's go with him so we can die with him. He was aware of the dangers, but his faith told him it would be better to die with Jesus than to live without him. But then the crucifixion happened, and Thomas was facing the prospect of a life without the Lord, and it wasn't pleasant. In our lives, there are questions that all of us would rather not face, whether it's a letter from the IRS or the results of an MRI. We face questions that beg other questions. We don't have to do anything to cause doubt. It just shows up uninvited like a world pandemic, unwelcomed and unwanted. And so we discover the way of faith. The fact is it is easier to be a person of faith when things are going well. It, it was easy for the apostles to believe in Jesus when they felt the magnetism of his words or saw the power in his healing or witnessed the adulation of the crowds. But in a dark time, when the crowds turned hostile and the chief priests and Roman authorities were unamused, 
they would all shrink away. It's no different with us. When life turns hard and God seems distant, we all become Thomas. We know the easy part. We have all had experiences of God's presence, the sense that God cares about us, that God is with us. Then something comes up like illness or a setback or some unexpected stress. And it is there that we have our Thomas moment. G.K. Chesterton said, hope isn't a virtue until things are hopeless. Because that is when the Lord reveals the hope that only God can share. Six years ago in April of 2014, Pope John Paul II was canonized a saint. In a lifetime full of achievements, being what he used to refer to as an apostle of hope. Some of his best moments were the time he spent at World Youth Day gatherings that he held from young, with young people from all around the world. One of those gatherings took place in Denver in 1993. The words he spoke that day are as relevant for a nation dealing with a pandemic today as it was for those young people who gathered with him. He said on a hillside near the Lake of Galilee, Jesus' disciples listened to his gentle and urgent voice as gentle as the landscape of Galilee itself, as urgent as a call to choose between life and death, between truth and falsehood. The Lord spoke words of life that would echo forever in the hearts of his followers. Today, he said, he is speaking those words to you. They tell you who you are as a Christian. They tell you what you must do to remain in his love. The world offers many false illusions and parodies of happiness. And the greatest deception, the deepest source of unhappiness, is the illusion that you can find life by excluding God, that you can find freedom while excluding moral truth, that you can find fulfillment while excluding personal responsibility. Eventually, this pandemic will pass and we will step outside our homes. And we will find a world desperately in need of a new sense of care and human solidarity. A world which needs to be touched and healed by the richness of God's love. It needs witnesses to that love. It needs you. A woman I admired a lot once told me about whenever she was faced with adversity that she saw it as a call to deepen her faith. And I think she was right. When we face hard times or are hit by some adversity, it isn't just a crisis. It's a question. What kind of people will we be? What kind of family or nation or church? Somebody once said that cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks, is it politic? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? 
conscience asks the question, is it right? There comes a time when each of us must take a position that is neither safe nor politic nor popular. We choose it because it's right. And it is then that we discover what kind of people we are. Sometimes it will feel like Thomas waiting for the Lord to arrive, but as Jesus demonstrated, God is already here. He came to them in a moment of crisis when they were confused and afraid, and he made them into a church. As he appeared to them, so he also comes to us, not to amaze us with his power, but to encourage us in ours, to remind us that we are the church. And what is that church? It is those who act justly, who live humbly. It is Christ with a human face. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that our sharing in this Paschal Sacrament may have a continuing effect in our minds and hearts. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go in peace. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, love is alive, conquered the grave and defeated the night. Alleluia, love is alive, the sun has arisen for all. Your people sing alleluia.